thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Bush Stadium in St. Louis. In 12 innings, it's the Cleveland Indians 2, the St. Louis Cardinals 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And if you sat down to watch this game yesterday, you got a long afternoon of day baseball. What started as a one o'clock game, an afternoon game, what started as a, yeah, I'll sit down for a few hours, turned into basically the entire afternoon. And we saw a little bit of everything in this game, right? We saw some defensive plays. We saw some crazy things at the plate. The only thing we didn't see in this game was hits and runs. The Indians win two to one. Indians have five hits. St. Louis only had four hits on the day. The Indians were, and I was tweeting this out as it was going, they ended up 2 for 14 with runners in scoring position. Meanwhile, the Cardinals were 1 for 15 with runners in scoring position. So opportunity was there. Base runners were there. These teams just couldn't deliver. That and probably some of the worst base running you could possibly see in a baseball game. So let's break it down. Let's look at the highlights and let's talk about some of the decision making that both these managers made, especially as we got into extra innings to find out why it took forever for these teams to scratch across one run in extra innings when they were given a runner on second base. The point is so that teams score and the game ends, not that it goes 12, 13, 14, 15 innings. So let's break it down. Let's see what happened. And it felt like things were going to go pretty good for this Cleveland offense. Jose Ramirez in his first at-bat against Jack Flaherty, who you can clearly see why he's an ace. That dude is huge. He is he has a massive frame, and he can throw one hell of a fastball slider combo. He's listed at 6'4", 225. Uh, standing on that mound, it, he felt like Randy Johnson yesterday uh, watching it on TV. He he felt that big compared to the Indians hitters. So Jose Ramirez, though, gets to him early. He gets a high and tight fastball, and we know how fast Jose Ramirez's hands are. And when someone throws him a fastball that's hittable, he's going to crush it. And uh, shoots a line drive down the right field line. I don't even think the announcers thought it was going to go out. And it clears the wall for a home run. So the Indians are on the board early. one nothing to start the first. And after yesterday's game, you thought, well, well these guys are just going to keep rolling, right? What is going to stop this offense? Well, the Cardinals pitching locked itself in. He strikes out Lindor and then strikes out Carlos Santana in the inning. Flaherty was not messing around yesterday. Bottom of the first now. Carlos Carrasco coming off some really bad starts. How is he going to respond? Everybody says his stuff looks good. It's just maintaining his mechanics through the start and controlling that strike zone. Throwing strikes and trusting the ball. Well, he gets a line out, he gets a soft ground out, he does give up a double to Goldschmidt, but he pops up Brad Miller to end the inning. So no walks from him in the first frame. That's great to see because walks were causing him trouble. So it seems like Carlos Carrasco is locked in. Top of the third, the Indians have another chance to scratch across some runs. Flaherty had been pitching really well, but he hits Sandy Leon. Hey, I believe he hit him on in the foot. Um, so you lead off, you know, one of the weakest hitters in the Indians lineup, you put him on base. Greg Allen then lines out 
but Cesar Hernandez walks. So Sandy Leon moves up to second. We're in a pretty good situation here. Jose Ramirez up, runners in scoring position. You're kind of liking where this is going. Jose Ramirez lines a ball into center field. Sandy Leon gets waved around third. He's flying home. The throw comes in from Harrison Bader in center field and nails Sandy Leon at home plate. I think I was just getting back from walking the dog as I was listening to Hamilton call this one, and Hamilton thought that Leon was going to hold up at third base. He didn't think he was going to go. He didn't get a chance to go. And Leon kept chugging through, got waved around, and Harrison Bader nailed him at home plate. And I know I only play old man softball, right? I did not have much of a baseball career, but I can tell you there may not – I've never hit a home run. But there may not be a better feeling in baseball than throwing a guy out at home play from center field. It just, everything locks in, your mechanics lock in, your arm does what it's supposed to, you throw a rocket to home plate, and they tag the guy out, nothing feels better. You are so pumped up after that. So, great throw by Harrison Bader. It was it was a on target. It was a hell of a throw from him. And Leon is a truck. He, he he does not have a second gear like Carlos Santana does or Fermil Reyes does. Guys we've talked about before who can hustle down the line. He was a dead duck. And that ends the threat. Uh, Lindor grounds out to end the threat there. So we had a chance. We had two on. We got a hit from Jose Ramirez. That was, that was our one hit with runners in scoring position leading up until extra innings, which is crazy. Our one hit didn't even score the run. That's how bad things went yesterday. Carlos Carrasco continues to stay locked in. They do put a little bit of a threat against him in the fourth. Paul Goldschmidt singles, and then he walks Brad Miller. So now he's got two on. He gave up a walk. You know that's been trouble for him in the past. But he gets Yadier Molina to ground into a double play to end the threat. So great job by Carrasco not letting that walk get to him. Locking in, getting the ground ball for Molina. In the bottom of the fifth, another walk from Carlos Carrasco. He walks Dexter Fowler this time to lead off the inning, and that's not good. Fowler is a speed guy, and putting him on base is not something you want to do with a free pass. He gets Matt Carpenter to strike out swinging, but Dexter Fowler steals second. See, he's trouble on the base paths. He then gets Tyler O'Neill to strike out swinging. So Carrasco is dealing with it, right? He's coming back after this walk. He's dealing with it. Then he gets Harrison Bader to ground to third base, and this is where some of the, the base running troubles start for the Cardinals because Dexter Fowler had no reason to try to go from second to third on a ground ball to the third baseman. He obviously thought Ramirez was just going to pop up with it and throw it across a diamond at first base. Ramirez stops and goes, dude, you're like 10 feet from me. I'm just going to try to tag you out. So he runs him back to second, flips it to Cesar Hernandez, who tags Fowler out. It's a small little rundown, and Dexter Fowler runs himself out of the inning. Now, chances are he would have thrown across the first base and got Harrison Bader anyways, but that's your center fielder. Maybe there's a chance it's a bad throw. Maybe he rushes the throw. Dexter Fowler is the base runner. You, you can't run yourself out of an inning like that. So top of the sixth, I was shocked. Jack Flaherty comes out of the game for the Cardinals. He was pitching fantastic. His final line on the day is five innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, two walks, and five strikeouts. He had only thrown 83 pitches, 53 for strike. And I think that the announcers were saying something about 
because of the long layoff that the Cardinals had to go through because of COVID, some of their pitchers' arms aren't stretched out like everybody else's arms are stretched out. So uh, even though Flaherty had stretched himself out during summer camp, I think he had thrown 80-some pitches in his first start, when they took that long delay, you know, these guys did not have a chance to keep their keep in game shape like they would have been on the field. So I even I heard on an interview on MLB Network Radio, I think they were interviewing some of the Miami guys who got quarantined because of COVID, and they were saying that they were setting up mattresses in their hotel rooms and throwing into mattresses just to try to keep their arm strength up and keep uh, keep their stamina up so that when they got back on the field, they could play. So those are the kind of things that teams are going through right now, and Flaherty only lasts five innings. And I was excited about this, right? I was really excited. We got into the Cardinals' bullpen already in the sixth inning. Like, that's huge with the lead. We had, we had the lead, and we knocked Flaherty out of the game, which I did not see coming. I mean, he is arguably one of the best pitchers in the National League. So Hennessy's Cabrera comes in, and things get interesting. So he walks Lindor to start the inning. Carlos Santana strikes out. But Francisco Lindor steals second base. The throw is a bad throw again from Yadier Molina. It was a hard pitch to try to pop up and throw on. I think it was something down in the dirt. So the throw goes into center, and Lindor advances to third. So now we've got Francisco Lindor on third base. Santana strikes out. He then gets Fermil Reyes to strike out. He then gets Tyler Naquin to strike out. Wasted opportunities and that runners in scoring position counter is just going in the wrong direction. Three strikeouts once Lindor reaches and was in scoring position. So Hennessy's Cabrera, uh, not someone the Indians want to mess around with, I guess. Carrasco stays in for the sixth. He's pitching great. He gets a ground out, a strikeout, and a fly out to end the sixth. That would be Carrasco's last inning. Carrasco's line at the end of the day. Carrasco goes six innings, two hits, no earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. He throws 85 pitches, 54 for strike. Carrasco definitely found what he was looking for yesterday against the Cardinals. He doesn't get the win, but... It was a really solid pitching performance from the veteran of our staff, and it was great to see. We talked about could Carrasco be heading to the bullpen if he continues to struggle, and I don't think so. Carrasco uh, found what he was looking for and will definitely be getting more starts for the Indians. So the Indians get another chance here. This was really in the Top of the seventh inning, this was the Indians' chance to really scratch across another run and give the bullpen a chance to win this game for Carlos Carrasco. Domingo Santana walks the lead off the inning, and then Delino to Shields pinch runs for him while he was still on first base, which is a little surprising. Sometimes when a guy gets in a scoring position, that's when the pinch runner comes in, but they pinched ran for him right away. And these are Sandy Alomar Jr. decisions. Remember that. Terry Francona is not managing this team right now until his health improves. So these are Sandy Alomar decisions, and there were a lot of pinch runners yesterday. So Delino DeShields comes in. Sandy Leone walks, moves Delino Shields up to second. Greg Allen is up, and he squares around a bunt three times. And three times in a row, he pulls the bunt back because the ball is out of the strike zone. And I'm thinking to myself, 
This is a hell of an at-bat right here from Greg Allen. He is locked in on that ball. He's not going to bunt at a bad ball. He's just letting that pitcher get himself into trouble. Then 3-0 he takes, which is strange. I mean, a walk moves the runners up. Okay, so let's see what the guy does on 3-0. Then he swings away. Sandy LMR takes the bunt off and has him swing away. And he lines out to left field. Your goal is to move Delino to Shields up to third base because there's so many ways for Delino to Shields to score from third base. Why would you take the bunt off? I know Greg Allen has been doing okay since he came back from the alternate site, but why in the hell would you take the bunt off there? That's exactly the situation you want a Greg Allen type up for. Lay down a bunt, he's your nine-hole hitter, move the runners up, and you set things up for Cesar Hernandez. So instead, he's stuck at second base, and what does he do with Cesar Hernandez up to bat? He tries stealing third off Yadier Molina, and he's thrown out by feet. It wasn't even close. I, I'm not sure what happened because I know Delino DeShields is fast, and I know he can steal bases. I don't know if he just got a terrible jump off of Gomber, but, I mean, Yadier Molina is one of the best defensive catchers of all time. And Roberto Perez could probably tell you, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be trying to steal third base off of him. I wouldn't be trying to steal third base off of me, and I wouldn't be trying to steal third base off of Yadier Molina. And he is gunned out. So, again, the Indians are running themselves. These Both these teams are running themselves out of innings. Just bad base running here. And then Cesar Hernandez grounds out to end the threat. So instead of scratching another run across, they were giving us a run there. Two walks to start the inning. They were giving us a run. And we wasted the opportunity. Karinchek comes into the game to pitch in the bottom of the seventh. And now he gets into trouble. He walks Brad Miller to start the game. Brad Miller walked three times yesterday. Didn't have a hit, but he walked three times, and it would cause problems. Yadier Molina then singles to right field. Brad Miller goes all the way to third. Karinchek locks in, though, right? He's got a runner on third, nobody out. He strikes out Dexter Fowler. However, Matt Carpenter up. Matt Carpenter hits a line drive to right field, and this was a really tough decision that Tyler Naquin had to make. I think if there's nobody on base... Tyler Naquin slides or dives and makes this catch. But with the runners on first and third, you could just see the gears working in his head where he had to decide, I have to, I have to sit back on this ball. I have to take it off the hop. If he dives and that ball gets past him, at least two runs are coming in to score, maybe an inside-the-park home run. So... And that ball was moving. It was moving fast. It would have slid on the grass. It would have gone all the way to the wall. And as an outfielder, sometimes you want to be the hero, but you also want to be, you don't want to be the villain. You don't want to be the guy that gives up the game. So Tyler Naquin takes it on the hop. Brad Miller comes in to score. Karen Check would get out of it. He strikes out Tyler O'Neill, and then he strikes out Harrison Bader, uh, on a ball that Sandy Leone had to throw down to first to finish the strikeout. So Karinchek gets out of it, but Karinchek gives up a run. It turns out Karinchek is human after all. 
And, uh, man, that would be it. Lindor got on base the next inning, but for the eighth and ninth innings, neither offense could do anything. And we go to extra innings, and this is where the decision-making comes into question here. So the Indians are lucky because they get to start with Delino to Shields on second base. They're fastest guy on the team, arguably. This is perfect. This is set up again for the Indians to score a run. Sandy Leone up to bat. We don't want Sandy Leone swinging away in this situation. He lays down a bunt. However, he bunts it right out to pitcher John Gant, who's able to turn and throw to third base, and Delino DeShields is out again at third base. What the hell is going on? Delino DeShields knew he was bunting. How did he not get a better jump? That ball beat him by feet. Now, it was an interesting tag because Carpenter just kind of let the glove sit there in front of the bag, and there's a chance Delano DeShields got his left hand in. On the initial replay, I thought he got his left hand in and was safe, and then the tag came and hit him on the upper arm and chest. Um, But after replay, they said, nope, he was out. All right, so now we got Sandy Leona first base. And uh, Sandy LMR decides, again, to pinch run for someone at first base. He puts Yu Chang in to run for him. Now, a pass ball by Yadier Molina moves Yu Chang up to second. If that runner was on third base, there was the run. Greg Allen then walks. We got runners on first and second. However, he gets Cesar Hernandez to line out to center field and Jose Ramirez to fly out to right field. And the Indians are not able to get the run home at the top of the 10th and... Everyone on Indians Twitter yesterday was pretty sure that meant doom. The uh, Cardinals get to start with Dexter Fowler at second base. Oliver Perez is still pitching, and they swing away. And Matt Carpenter flies out to Tyler Naquin. It was deep, and Dexter Fowler was able to move up to third. So they get the runner over to third, but they don't bunt. Nick Wickering comes in now to pitch for Oliver Perez. They bring in a pinch hitter. They intentionally walk Colton Wong. So now they've got a force situation set up. They've got runners on the corners. They bring in another pinch hitter, this time Dylan Carlson. So these managers are going back and forth. They're swapping pitchers. They're swapping pinch hitters. They're pinch running. After a tough at bat, Carlson grounds out to first base Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana looks the runner back at third, holds the runner at third base, which is huge, and then he's still able to make the throw to second to get Colton Wong out at second. Dylan Carlson is safe at first. It goes as a fielder's choice, and they still have runners in the corner, but this time two outs. He then hits Tommy Edmond, who Tommy Edmond wears a very large elbow pad and uh, gives him an extra three inches or so of coverage on his elbow, and he just left his elbow out there. He just took it. He just took it. He knew, I, I mean, it creates a situation where, you know, Walk would win the game. Uh, so maybe that's what he was thinking, but he knew it was an easy way to get on base, and he took it. However, Paul DeJong pops out to Jose Ramirez to end the threat with the bases loaded. So a hell of a job by Nit Wickren surviving that, surviving that runner on third base. Dexter Fowler can't score. All right, it's our turn in the top of the 11th. Jose Ramirez this time starts at second base, another one of our best base runners. However, with Francisco Lindor up, they're not going to bunt. There's no way Sandy Alomar is going to bunt. He lets Lindor swing away. He lines out to center field. Carlos Santana strikes out, 
And then Fermil Reyes strikes out. After a wild pitch, had moved Jose Ramirez up a third. You still needed to put the ball in play, and Santana and Fermil Reyes couldn't. Alex Reyes came in to pitch for the Cardinals, and he throws heat. That guy's got some serious heat, and he blew away Santana and Fermil Reyes. He's actually very reminiscent of James Karinczak. He's got a great curveball fastball combo. Bottom of the 11th, they have the same situation now. They have some of their best hitters up. So Paul DeJong starts at second base. They are not going to have Paul Goldschmidt bunt. So Paul Goldschmidt swings away. He flies out to deep, deep center field. Put the line order shields on the wall. But Paul DeJong didn't think that shields was going to catch it. He thought it might drop. So he got a pretty good secondary lead. Then by the time he went back to second base, he couldn't tag up. Another base running blunder from the Cardinals. You have you can you could probably still score from second base if that ball drops deep in center field or if it hits off the wall. You're fast enough to score. You get back to the bag and you tag up. He ran himself completely out of that inning right there. They intentionally walk Brad Miller, and then they get Yadier Molina to ground into another double play and get themselves out of the inning. Nick Wickren doing it again in extra innings. He had himself a heck of a game. Then in the top of the 12th, this time it's Fermil Reyes who's supposed to start at second. They pinch run with Mike Freeman. They are just clearing out the uh, dugout right now, using anybody they can to pinch run. Tyler Naquin, though, Tyler Naquin leading off the inning, gets a pitch that's down. We know Tyler Naquin loves pitches down, and he it was an easy swing. It was really, all he was trying to do was hit it to the right side. He knew a ground ball to the right side is enough to move the runner up, and instead, he hits it into the gap in right center field, and it rolls all the way to the warning track. Mike Freeman comes around to score. Taylor, Tyler Naquin's in the second with a double, and that is all the Indians needed to win this game. Now you're in an interesting situation because Tyler Naquin is now on second with nobody out, and Delano DeShields is up to bat. DeShields gets down a sack bunt. He's actually able to get it down, move Naquin over to third. However, Roberto Perez strikes out swinging, and Greg Allen pops out to end the threat. Roberto Perez had a chance to scratch across another run, couldn't deliver in that situation. This time for the Cardinals. Now, bottom of the 12th. Here we go. Brad Hand comes in the game. We have the lead. I got all excited. Indians Twitter got all excited. And then I remembered, oh yeah, we still have to pitch in the bottom of the 12th here. Brad Hand comes in, and on a wild pitch, Yadier Molina is the runner who starts on second, unfortunately for the Cardinals. He moves up to third. So now they're starting with a runner on third base with nobody out. However, Dexter Fowler starts the inning off with a sharp ground ball to shortstop Francisco Lindor. It holds Yadier Molina at third. He can't go anywhere, throws to first base, gets the out. And then with Matt Carpenter up, this is bizarre. He chops one down the first base line. Carlos Santana is able to catch it, bobble it, catches it in his bare hand, steps on first base for the out. Yadier Molina must have thought it was a foul ball. But instead of going back to the bag and being sure, he just stops halfway down the third base line. Carlos Santana runs at him, which, if you're a kid who plays baseball, this is what you do. You don't just throw the ball to third or throw the ball to home. You run at the guy with the ball. You freeze him in his tracks or force him to pick a direction. Once he picks a direction, then you throw the ball. And he throws the ball to Jose Ramirez. 
who flips it back to Carlos Santana, and they tag Yadier Molina out to end the game. Yadier Molina is pissed. He threw his hands up, literally threw his hands up, saying, hey, that was a foul ball. What are you doing? And that is how the game ends. So base running, base running, base running. It was the thorn in the side for the Indians and the Cardinals, but the Indians are able to come out on top. The box score does not look pretty for the Indians, uh, Cesar Hernandez was on base twice. That's his goal. A hit and a walk. Jose Ramirez was on base twice. He had two hits. However, that one got Sandy Leon thrown out at home plate. Lindor was on base twice. A hit and a walk. And then it gets it gets pretty ugly. Tyler Naquin does deliver, though, in extra innings. He comes up with the big double to put the Indians ahead. And even though it wasn't his best game, I got to give Tyler Naquin MVP for a day. When you get the game-winning hit in extra innings, you are going to get MVP for a day because Tyler Naquin let us all move on with our afternoons. Pitching for the Indians, like I said, Carrasco goes six innings, six strikeouts, no earned runs. Karinchek does get a blown save. He went one inning, two hits, an earned run, a walk, and three strikeouts. So he he still struck out the side even though he got into all that trouble. His ERA balloons, ready for this, Indians fans, to 1.02. That's right. He's got to carry around a uh, an ERA in the one now. We'll see if he can't get that back down under one, his next appearance. Phil Maiden comes in, pitches a clean inning with a strikeout. Oliver Perez goes one and a third innings with a strikeout, gave up nothing. Nick Wickren goes one and two-thirds. He did walk two guys, but that's it. Didn't give up a hit or a run. And Brad Hand comes in, gets the save. Wickren got the win, by the way. He's 2-0 and on the season with a 1.93 ERA. And Brad Hand gets the save, one inning pitched, and zeros across the board. So that's how it went down for the Indians yesterday. Naquin gets the MVP for a day for his heroics in the 12th inning. And we will do it again. Another day game from St. Louis. It's a 2.15 start this time. Not a national broadcast. So it's a 1 o'clock start there in St. Louis. 2 o'clock for us. And Aaron Savali will be taking the mound against Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals. This should be another fun pitching matchup. With the win, the Indians now move into first place in the American League Central, which is proving to be the best division in baseball right now. They've got three 20-game winners in the American League Central. The Indians are 21-12. and and Check this out. They've got a plus 45 run differential. Best in the American League Central. Best in the American League. The Minnesota Twins, who were doing so great, are down to a plus 28 run differential. And this is obviously, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is simply the difference between the runs they've scored and the runs they've given up. So how are the Indians doing this? How are they at a plus 45 when they have one of the worst offenses in baseball? Well, they got one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. The only team better than them right now is the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 85. Plus 85 run differential. That's insane. The Dodgers are 25 and 10, leading the uh, San Diego Padres by five games in the NL West. So I'm guessing the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. But hey, the Indians are in first place as well. 
All right. There was a lot in that game. There was a lot of bad base running to cover. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from St. Louis. It's the Indians 2, the Cardinals 1. We'll be back tomorrow to cover Aaron Savale versus Adam Wainwright. It's going to be another fun pitching matchup. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.